bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's Word. I'm concluding my series uh, titled Lead Me, Lord, and this is part four of the series Lead Me, Lord. Now, last week I taught that in the Old Testament, people inquired of the Lord primarily from the priest and the prophet. But in the New Testament, we are to inquire from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, primarily from the Holy Spirit. The role of the prophet in the Old Testament is not exactly as the role of the prophet in the New Testament because we have the Holy Spirit living in the believer in the New Testament. Now, when you look at the New Testament, um, after 400 years of silence, or what you call prophetic silence, for 400 years since the last prophets of the Old Testament era, there was no prophet until John the Baptist appeared on the scene. John the Baptist was seen as a prophet and came in announcing the arrival of Christ. Uh, and if you look at the ministry of John the Baptist, although he was a prophet, you did not see people inquiring of the Lord from him. Uh, Jesus Christ himself also operated in the prophetic office, uh, and yet you didn't see people inquiring of the Lord from Jesus. He healed the sick, he taught people, but people didn't go to him asking for direction about their lives uh, in the sense as they did in the Old Testament. And then if you look at the apostles of Jesus Christ and the, and the whole book of the Acts of the Apostles, you don't see people inquiring of the Lord from apostles or for prophets in the New Testament. That shows you that uh, the way we seek guidance from God in the New Testament is different from the way we do it in the uh, Old Testament, looking at the example of John the Baptist, of Jesus, and of the early apostles. That does not mean that there are no prophets in the New Testament. There are, but their role is different. And today I will try to give you some uh, further light on that so that you can uh, approach the prophetic ministry in the New Testament with a New Testament attitude. Now, if you, if you don't care about doing the will of God and all you care is you want breakthrough and you don't care where it comes from, I can't help you. I can't help you. But if you care about really doing things the way God wants you to do it, then that's what I, I can help you with. Because there are some people who don't care. They don't care where a miracle comes from, where a sign comes from, because they say, well, my life is in trouble and whoever will help me is okay. And if the devil himself and his mother-in-law will help me, I'll be fine. Now, if that's your attitude, I can help you. You go somewhere else for help. But if you say that, I really want to do what God wants me to do. I really want to find out his will for me in the New Testament. I want to live in the New Testament uh, as Christ 
design it to, then I think that there is hope for your future. Uh, there are times that God will use a prophet to bring a word to you uh, and mostly uh, maybe use a prophet to speak to a larger issue maybe in the nation or uh, a situation not just personal. But in the New Testament, the primary way by which we receive guidance from God, by which he leads us, is through the Holy Spirit, the revealer of God's mind. I'm going to read uh, three scriptures to start with, and then we'll continue. First is Romans chapter 8, verse 14. We've read it already. Um, And then Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. I've referred to it before. And then John 37, uh, John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. So Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Proverbs 20, 27, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. John 7, 37 to 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him will receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, from these scriptures, there are a few things we can draw out. First, the most important thing is that all believers are led by the Holy Spirit. I made reference to that and when we talked about the prophecy of Joel, uh, upon your sons and your daughters, old and young, men, servants, maid servants. All believers are led by the Holy Spirit. There are people who say, well, but the Holy Spirit doesn't lead me. I, I don't even know whether he leads me or not. He leads, once you are born again, the Holy Spirit leads you. You may not recognize it, but you, you are being led by the Holy Spirit. Many times, you know, things happen to people, and then after it happens, they'll say, ah, I, I felt something inside me was telling me. Now, what was that something inside you telling you? That was the Holy Spirit. Now, we, he leads us all the time. He leads us all the time. Many times before things happen, he gives you an indication of it. But because we are not sensitive to that, we, we haven't cultivated the Holy Spirit's guidance. And, and so we miss his leading, although he leads us all the time. All believers, all believers, if you are born again Christian, you are led by the Holy Spirit. He lives and moves within us, out of our heart, or as the old King James says, out of our belly, our innermost being, the Holy Spirit flows out from within us. He doesn't flow outside of us, he flows from within us, out of your heart, out of your heart, out of your heart, not your environment, your heart. So he lives and moves within us, He activates and ignites our spirit. He makes our spirits sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. He aligns our spirit with the Spirit of God. He activates, makes our spirits alive, ignites our spirits. The the, the Proverbs says the spirit of mind is a candle of the Lord, is a lamp of the Lord. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit strikes a match and lights your candle. 
the Holy Spirit strikes a match. So he's the one giving you guidance. Your spirit is a candle. The Holy Spirit strikes a match and lights your spirit. So there is a direct relationship between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. He activates and ignites our spirit. And he leads us through the inner man. He leads us through the inner man. I can't do an exhaustive teaching on this uh, whilst I'm concluding this series. I probably may visit this again, uh, but just get that he leads us through our inner man. With our bodies, we contact the physical world. With our minds, we contact the mental, intellectual, emotional world. With our spirits, we contact the spiritual world. There is a spiritual world, there is an intellectual world, there is a physical world. And we contact the physical world with our bodies, the intellectual world with our minds, the spirit world with our spirits. Everybody's spirit is contacting the spirit world. Now remember this, the spirit world it does, is not only inhabited by God. The spirit world is not only inhabited by God. God is a spirit. The devil is also a spirit. Demons are spirits. Angels are spirits. So when you are in the spirit world, be very attentive what you are contacting. <laughs> that is why you need the word of God to guide you. Otherwise, you, you will contact all kinds of stuff. And you just say it's spiritual. The demonic is spiritual. And, 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 and the divine is also spiritual. So... We contact the spirit world constantly with our spirits. But the, the word of God helps us to navigate so we are on track contacting the spirit of God. Now I'm going to uh, give you a couple of uh, examples of people being led in the New Testament. And, and I'm going to focus primarily in the book of Acts. And so go with me to Acts of the Apostles chapter 10 and uh, we will read verses 1 to 6, and then I'll continue verse 9 to 20. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 6. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa. Send for Simon, whose name is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. Now, at this point, Cornelius is an unbeliever. He has a vision, he sees an angel, and he hears a voice. Very interesting. He has a vision, and in the vision, he sees an angel, and in the vision, he hears a voice. Yet, he's told to go and call Peter to come and tell him something. Now, if uh, he has this powerful experience where he sees a vision, he sees an angel, the angel speaks to him. Why doesn't the angel tell him what he must hear, but tells him to go to Peter? Because the message of the gospel is primarily preached by believers, not by angels. Primarily. There may be extraordinary times when somebody may have a vision uh, that leads him directly to Christ. But uh, the gospel is preached by people, 
not by angels. So he says, go to Peter and he'll tell you what to do. So in this experience, Cornelius is an unbeliever. He's had this experience. He's told to go to Peter. Peter is on the other side. How is Peter going to know that Cornelius has had an experience like this so that if Peter is called, he would know? So in verse 9, we read this. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, that is Joppa, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry, note that, very hungry, and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened. And an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending on him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. And the object was taken up into heaven again. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant. Behold the men who had been sent from Cornelius made their inquiry for Simon's house. And stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Cornelius has an experience. Peter has an experience. And you see this playing out most of the time in the New Testament. Most of the time. Very different from the Old Testament. Most of the time in the New Testament, you see when God speaks this way, he speaks the other way too. Now, so let's look a bit at Peter's experience. And there are three important things we're going to look at uh, relating to Peter's experience. The first is the trance, the trance. Peter falls into a trance. This is a very strange spiritual episode. Cornelius had a vision. Peter fell into a trance. A trance is not the same as a vision. And if you note the, the phrase, it says he fell into. He fell into. He didn't just have a vision. He fell into a trance. A trance is more deeper and more intense. So Peter had a very unusual experience. It was very strange to him. And why is this very strange? Because in the, in the New Testament, this is the only time, only time in the New Testament that somebody has a trance. In the entire Bible, this is about the third time that somebody has a trance. Abraham had a trance. Daniel had a trance in the Old Testament. And now Peter is having a trance. So a trance is not something everybody has. But it happens. Now, in the, in, the, in the Greek, the Greek word for trance is ecstasis or ecstasis, out of which we have our English word ecstasy. Now, when you fall into a trance, it's almost as if you are totally paralyzed in another world and you are having an experience you don't know whether it's real or not real. 
So Peter has this trance. It's very deep for him. And he's not really sure what is going on. Because remember that he was hungry. And wanted to eat. And whilst preparing the food, he had this experience. So whilst he has the experience, he has to decipher, is it a product of my hunger or the Holy Spirit? I mean, you have to make that decision. So he's not sure because this trance suspends him in a world and he has this bizarre experience that he can't make sense of. So that's the first thing, the trance. The second is the voice. He hears a voice that tells him to kill and eat animals that he has been taught never to kill. So it's a very uncertain spiritual direction. Is this direction really from God? In verse 13, we read, a voice came to him. In verse 15, again, a voice came to him. In verse 14, he says, not so, Lord. So Peter is saying, Lord, he's not sure who is speaking. Is some kind of Lord. He didn't know whether it's the Lord Jesus or, but I mean, this is an experience. So the trance is strange. The voice is uncertain. Now, if Peter just stayed there, he wouldn't know what to do. He's had a trance. He's had a, heard a voice, but he's still not sure what to do. So if you read the passage, it says he's still thinking about it. He's still trying to figure out what's going on. I'm, I just came here because I'm hungry. I wanted to pray. And now I'm having this experience that I should kill and eat. Is it because I was hungry? Or God is speaking to me. So first, he has a trance. Second, he has a voice. Third, he hears the spirit. A clear spiritual direction. So the Bible says, whilst he's thinking on these things, the men from Cornelius' house are now at his doorstep. They are inquiring. This is the house where Simon Peter uh, lives. And uh, when Peter heard that, at that moment... The passage says, the spirit said to him. And that is when he knew for sure, this is God speaking. Not from the trance, not from the voice, but from the leading of the spirit. So it's possible to have a spiritual experience, could be a vision, a dream, and have no clue what it means. It's possible to hear a voice in a vision and still have no clue what it means but when the spirit of God guides you there is always clarity of direction it is when the spirit spoke to him that he knew what was happening now when the spirit spoke to him he was not in a trance he was not having a vision he was active he was in a normal state of life so how did the spirit speak to him did he hear it from outside no did he dream it no how did the spirit speak to him from within his innermost being. The surest guidance Peter had was not from the trance or the voice, but from the inner leading of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Clarity always comes when we pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is telling us through our inner man. The other thing I want you to note is that God confirmed his word to Cornelius and Peter on both ends. 
None was going to tell the other person what God has said. Cornelius couldn't say, Peter, God says you should come and visit me. Neither would Peter go and tell Cornelius, Cornelius, God says I should come to you. Before that happened, God makes sure that on both ends, they had heard his voice. Confirmation. And you'll find that throughout the New Testament. It's so important. Now somebody said, Pastor, are you saying that so somebody cannot tell me something unless God has spoken to me? Well, it's possible for you to hear something from somewhere uh, first. And most times it is first because you haven't been paying attention to God. If you pay attention to him, he will speak to you first before he speaks to anyone else about your business. Before God tells somebody about you, he would have told you about you. That's the New Testament way. It's not the Old Testament. It's the New Testament way. Cornelius, an un- even an unbeliever, and Peter, both hearing. And we saw Saul and uh, Ananias, both ends, guidance, two ends. It's important for us to understand that in the New Testament era, God wants to directly communicate with every child of his. Everyone. He wants to directly speak to you. And you must have the appetite to learn how to hear from him. So let's look at another experience in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 10. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 10. This is about Paul on his missionary journey. And we're going to see another example of the Holy Spirit leading us. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 10. It says, now when they had come through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidding by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to, into Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. So twice, they are being resisted. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is another time when somebody is being led by the Holy Spirit. And this is Paul. And there are two things I want you to note. First is spiritual resistance. Spiritual resistance. When you sense an inner roadblock. So Paul wants to preach in a place. But he himself says that he was forbidding. And he was not permitted. He found a resistance. How was the resistance? It's just inside him. It's almost like something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. Somebody described it as, it's like washing your feet with your socks on. It doesn't feel right. You, you, you just, you're washing, but it doesn't, this is not my feet, it's socks. It, it's something just doesn't feel right. 
So that's what is, what is happening to Paul. He has every intention to go and preach somewhere, but inside him, something doesn't feel right. It's like there is a roadblock. It's one of the ways in which God leads us, where you want to do it, you have the plan, sometimes you even have the money, everything seems okay for you to do it, but inside, you just feel like there's no permission. There is no no allowance. And this is how Paul himself described the experience later in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, furthermore, when I came to trust to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus my brother. But taking leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. So, Paul, he is saying, it seemed like God had opened a door I wanted to go into that door, but I didn't find any rest in my spirit. Listen to me. When God is leading you, there will be rest in your spirit. When it looks like this is an open door, this is favor. As we say, favor. Yay, this is an open door. But anytime you pray about it, you have no rest in your spirit. You just feel like you are washing your feet with your socks on. You feel like something just is not gelling. And it's not external, it's internal. You have to be obedient. You have to be obedient. Some of the biggest mistakes people have made is because they resisted that voice. They found the resistance, but they went ahead and said, well, time is against me. I still have to do it. I still have to do it. They went on and got the bruise of their life. People have made bad choices, personally, at the corporate level, in marriage, all through their lives. When they had no rest in their spirit, but bulldozed their way because they felt time was against them. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.